0: Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Socratic Cinema Podcast. My name is James Delisio. I'm Charlie Heatherly.
1: I'm
2: Casey Clark. And I'm Hallie Phillips.
0: And we're coming at you live from a virtual COVID-19 special edition remote recording episode of the Socratic Cinema Podcast. Yeah. Um, I thought we ought to take a minute here at the beginning of the episode just to kind of fill you guys in on what's been going on with the show Amidst all this quarantining and coronavirusing, um, it's definitely disrupted the show a little bit. We've only been able to kind of maintain our mode of production up until now is because we had a lot of episodes uh, ready to go, you know, kind of in a backlog, thankfully, from our mm-hmm. monster marathon session back in <laughs> December. But uh, we ran out, and so now we had to resort to the internet to record our episodes. So. Uh, oh. I guess we we all apologize if there's any weirdness. Um, you know, the internet's a finicky thing. Yeah, we'll do our best to make sure it's as smooth as possible for you. But uh, I guess we just kind of ask for a little bit of understanding as we kind of try and figure this whole thing out. But um, we'll be back to the normal normal way of doing this as soon as we can. We were actually right before this whole quarantine thing started. We were looking into moving into a a uh, an actual recording studio and, and using cameras and stuff to bring you guys our lovely faces. But uh, that w- that was going to be really exciting. But unfortunately, that option kind of was closed off to us for a while because of all this. But um, once all this is done, we'll be back in, in full force. But until then, we're going to try and uh, deliver as 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 high of a quality content as we can. But uh, I thought it might be fun to sort of have all, all of us here go around and... And tell the viewers what, what we've been watching during this quarantine. Because we've had so much time on our hands. What, what, we've been, what we've been watching. What's our recommendation? Why don't you, uh, why don't you start us off, Charlie?
3: Well, uh, I've been watching and, and playing as well. Some, some interesting things. To be sure, interesting things. Uh, Doom Eternal is super fun. And if you have a device that can run it, I very much recommend that you buy it and run it. Because it is so much fun. It is mm. fast-paced, gory action-packed and if you have a conservative parent they will hate it but just go behind their back and play it anyway because it is it is a boatload of fun but for watching (laughs) uh definitely i would say tiger king which james hates uh it's a fantastic show it really is it's so crazy but you think in every episode that it can't possibly get more crazier than the last and then it does and then by the final episode you're just like sitting in your chair just slack jawed at what's hap- happening because it's how- all insane
0: how yeah. many episodes is it i because i want to if i do bite the bullet and watch it i want to know what i'm getting into
3: six seven i forgot the exact one
0: are they like 40 minute episodes
3: yeah 40 minutes to an hour uh so many classic characters have been born from the show carol baskin joe exotic who, who had three husbands two of which were not gay uh <laughs> Doc Antle and his hot son—just several amazing people have have come into the limelight, and it, it's good to to see such wacky characters get recognition finally. But that's what I've been watching over the over the quarantine. Is that it's all a true
0: story, right? Yes.
1: Yeah, mm-hmm.
0: that's wild. Is and Joe Exotic's not in jail. He is currently. Oh, okay. I, I didn't is. know that. Yeah, no he
3: he's serving. Uh, he's serving serious time on on animal abuse charges right now.
0: Dang, there we go. Okay, maybe some of my issues with the show just went a little bit. I thought he was scot-free and they made nope. a show about him. Okay, that's cool. I might have to give it a try now. <laughs> um Casey, what have you been up to?
1: Well, I've kind of been all over the place with what I've been watching. Um I I've been watching Making the Cut on Amazon Prime. It's like a knockoff Project Runway with Mm. people from Project Runway. So that's really fun. Mm. Um, What's the difference? It's, well, actually, it's, uh, it's kind of insane because they, I believe it's like 15 or 14 designers and they have challenges and it's per week and they have like a whole accumulating like fashion show at the end of each at the end of each week and the celebrity judges whatever like Naomi Campbell's on it she's my favorite she's kind of mean though which is sad but oh, um fortunate but the gag is that they can cut however many people they want to so it can go from like 14 people to 5 people in like an episode and it's oh, just geez. really crazy and super stressful and everyone's just a hot mess and crying but it's like really cool (laughs) if you like fashions um i thoroughly enjoyed that i finally i watched jojo rabbit yay (laughs) yes i did cry um Mm. i finally watched call me by my by your name oh my gosh i've
0: been hearing so much about that yeah, it it's good?
1: really good. I mean, like, there's, like, some... It's a beautiful movie, but, like, base level, there's some, like, weird stuff with how it maybe may or may not be, like, idolizing pedophilia, but... Yeah, that's, <laughs> anyway... that's a little weird.
0: That aspect of it seemed a little weird to me. I know a yeah. little bit about it. Very strange.
1: <laughs> yeah, and other than that, beautiful score, beautiful movie. It is... Really, really long. It's like two and a half hours of
0: whoa. Yeah, I mean, we made it. it def- we made it through the Irishman. <laughs> That's,
1: true. That's true. That's facts. It is no Irishman. Um, I've also I've been watching some anime. Um, yeah, yeah, good for me. There's one on Netflix, it's called A Silent Voice. Made me sob. It's so beautiful. Um, it's about a deaf girl and her bully who he bullied her throughout grade school and then she switched schools and he's just like super balled up depressed anxiety and he ends up like reconnecting with her and they go through all these wacky they're not wacky it's actually really emotional but um, all these adventures um and it's just really it's a really sweet and touching movie um on a lighter note i've been watching haiku as well love haiku hmm. volleyball animes for for the win um yeah and that's pretty much all i've been watching
0: all right <laughs> uh hallie what about you
2: yeah, I've just been watching a lot of movies that I should should have watched beforehand, uh, catching up on some films. So I watched uh, American in Paris, which I loved so much. Mm-hmm. And uh, Gene Kelly is brilliant in that. And then I also recently watched Ad Astra, which I'm surprised I ever saw in the theaters either, and that I didn't get nominated for more on the Oscars, honestly. I mean...
0: Really, I I heard that one was mm-hmm. kind of like uh, disappointing to some people.
2: A lot of people think it's a slow burn and that it it just draws out too long. But I thought it built up a great, you know, sense of tension. Like mm. it was very, 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 you know, cool. Definitely recommend yeah, yeah.
0: it. I love space movies, so I I I'll, uh, I'll be on the lookout for that one. I guess. <laughs> um,
2: yeah. Anyway.
0: Yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. Anything else, Hailey?
2: Uh that's about it. I mean, of course, Tiger King. Right. Um, but yeah that's just
0: been it watching movies for sure um i guess i guess that's my turn uh i i let's see as far as movies go i haven't been watching a ton i watched uh probably the favorite thing that i've watched was uh the coen brothers true grit i think it's like 2010 or something um mm-hmm. I, I i already knew that i liked westerns but uh, this just kind of cemented it i absolutely loved uh their rendition of true grit um Cohen Brothers. I mean this is what they do best, right? Sort of like No Country for Old Men, Ballad of Buster Scruggs, all all those. Um Oh, Ballad of Buster Scruggs is, was really good. I recommend that one too. Isn't it awesome? Isn't I love it, it. I like anthologies. Um They're interesting. Yeah, True Grit. I really recommend True Grit. Uh just a solid cowboy tale. Just knocked it out of the park for me. Um uh the dialogue in that movie was incredible. So witty, so fast. Um very enjoyable i also watched um well let's see in the realm of tv i've been watching breaking bad trying so hard to finish it yeah it's just so heavy man i just i just want them to start making good choices you feel (laughs) (laughs)
1: like
0: jesse deserves the world i'm on season four and just things are not looking good for him right now oh (laughs) yeah but um uh i've also been watching a lot of lego masters on hulu yeah this it's like a game show where the contestants it's like all lego based challenges but it's really fun to watch i don't know i'm a big i was really into legos as a kid and i'm kind of starting to like i feel the calling in me again to like creep back (laughs) towards it but this show is just a lot of fun to watch will arnett's a great host um he was the voice of batman and lego batman i think yep
2: yeah yeah
0: he's he's great but uh yeah, that's on Hulu, uh, True Grit's on Amazon Prime, but uh, all of us here, it's about time we get into this, all of us on Socratic Cinema have been watching Pixar's latest film, Onward. Yeah, Ooh, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's our subject of conversation for today. Uh, let's just do the, the usual routine here. Uh, Charlie, what were your general impressions of Pixar's Onward?
3: Pixar's Onward I think is probably the most surprising Pixar film that I've seen. And I don't mean that in the sense that it was it was the best or had the best twist, although I think it's a very good movie, but just I thought it was going to be god awful. Like when I first <laughs> saw the trailers, I thought it was going to be repetitive and I thought that the general premise of it where they live in a modern fairy tale world was like straight out of a third grade essay prompt or something. But from the yeah. second you go into the movie, all of your fears subside, and really, it it just grows into this beautiful story about what family truly means, and and how to have an adventure in in perhaps a way that that many don't think you still can. But I think it was a little bit repetitive uh, in terms of the Pixar formula. Again, you have a parent dead. Uh, again, we're redefining what family means away from a traditional nuclear family unit. But yeah. It's always a great story, and and, and I think that if you just judge this uh, on the context of it just being a movie instead of it being a movie within the Pixar catalog, it's fantastic, and I have no real problems with it. I think it's
0: great. Right. Uh, Casey?
1: Yeah, I would agree. I had the same kind of worries that Charlie had, that this was just going to be very corny, very, oh, very, like, um the second Trek movie where it's just like all this like Mm -hmm. modernized Mm -hmm. but it's like hey that's a mcdonald's but you know it's like in a cabin um and i felt like it was going to give me very that and i was already a little um put off because i'm i usually get put off by movies with the classic pixar oh there's a dead parent and we're gonna explain all that like trauma that goes along with having a dead parent away by the end of the movie um and that's just not something that I really like like or enjoy watching because it's usually very like oversimplified but I felt like this movie really handled it well where they acknowledge that that trauma was still there but that you could really like grow into like knowing who you are as a person and knowing that that loss doesn't really define you it's what you do with it that does mm-hmm. sure very
0: dang that was powerful <laughs> allie
2: yes always less that's for less. i actually really like this movie i when i first saw the trailer i thought i seriously thought it was a dreamworks movie and i was like oh okay here we go but then i was surprised <laughs> to figure out that it was pixar and i was like what like they're really really doing something new with something like old in the same way and so going into it i really had low expectations the the whole premise of like oh the dad's cut in half like ooh, this is gonna be cool like i didn't really like seem interesting to me but like charlie said as soon as the movie started like all your worries kind of like left the door i actually like cried at like the con the climax i was very close it was just it was so emotional um, but one thing I've noticed, I was going through, like, video essays today just to see, like, what people have uploaded, and a lot of them are questioning if this movie is really even Pixar, like, if mm-hmm. it's really, like, divine, defined as, like, Pixar movie. Like, what that is, was a lot of uh, questions. It's so, like, what, what are your guys' that? thoughts?
0: I mean, it isn't—was it made by Pixar?
3: Yeah, it's a Pixar movie.
2: Yeah. So,
0: yeah, so it's a Pixar movie.
2: No, well, but, like—
3: I think what they mean is like, is it a a Pixar movie in the sense that it, it fits into this giant expanded universe that they have? And also, oh, the, like the Pixar theory thing? Is it also a Pixar movie in the sense that it, it shares the same core uh, ideology as the other Pixar movies? It, am I interpreting that correctly, Hallie?
2: Yes. Yeah. Okay. I think
0: I'd say it does. I think yeah. I, I sort of feel what you mean about the Pixar theory, and I think this one is. I think Onward does a good job of. It's starting to steer us away a little bit from traditional Pixar, and I want to dive into that a little bit. Um, but my 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 general impressions, yeah, like all of you guys, I was overwhelmed by the trailers I saw for uh, Onward. <laughs> Underwhelmed by oh. the, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> sorry about that. Underwhelmed by the trailers I saw for um, Onward. I didn't think it looked super original. You know, the the premise didn't seem like you know Pixar has done crazier, more unique premises. I felt like modern fantasy just was like. Eh, but uh, I thought it was going to be another good dinosaur kind of thing. But yeah, same. I, I don't know if this is... I don't know if any of you guys experienced this, but I think the fact that it's almost a little meta. So I, we all know that Onward released in theaters, but it had a pretty poor box office reception because of the whole coronavirus thing, and no one could oh, go to yeah. the movie
2: theaters. Mm-hmm. So yeah. that's
0: why they put it on Disney Plus so soon. I think a big reason that I was, like, redrawn to Onwards is because of the unique circumstances of it being released. Like the fact totally. the fact oh, that it yeah. was like whoa, this movie pretty much got canceled because of coronavirus and now we're seeing it a lot sooner than we'd normally be able to. Like something about that was like it made me want to watch it. I don't I don't mm-hmm. know. Like I'm taking part in history by watching this.
3: I definitely think that movie companies right now are missing a huge opportunity to release big budget films on streaming services. Like if I saw fast and furious 8 release on netflix i'm watching it like are you kidding me the streaming numbers on that would be insane
0: but you got to realize i feel like it's probably less base profit for the theaters and that's kind of what they care about right now right like you're gonna i feel like you're gonna make make more out of movie
3: or or the company profit
0: the company profit the the movie don't care about the the movie theaters you kidding me no i mean i mean the sorry no the company that made the movie, right? Would they not make more directly from like a movie theater box office release? Then uh, I feel like streaming's more indirect. Depends. I mean, yeah. Depends, it depends on, the,
3: the on the deal that schemes.
1: they make. Yeah.
3: Yeah, that's yeah.
0: true. I guess I, yeah. Often I'm movie sure theaters the do get
3: screwed over. Uh, I think they only take about a, I don't know. I'll pull a number out of thin air. Twenty percent of the ticket revenue, which is really not a whole lot. That's why concessions are always the thing that you get pushed because that's how they
0: well, right, it. right, right. That's what I'm saying. I'm talking like Pixar would rather release this movie in a theater because they would make more money, right? So I don't know if it's that big. Is that that big of a market, the streaming industry? Possibly. I mean, if Disney, so
3: so Disney owns Pixar, and what they're doing right now by releasing it on Disney Plus is they're, number one, they're testing if streaming is a good place to release new movies, and if they want to go forward with exclusive content that's longer format than, a, than like a TV show episode every week. Right, uh, and the number two, they're trying to hedge their bets because there's no way that you don't release onward very quickly
0: mm-hmm. yeah. yeah.
3: on streaming when no one can see it. And the fact that you put so much money into a big budget Pixar film, and you're going to lose all that money if you uh, don't put it on streaming very quickly, it might start convince is start to convince Disney or at least show them that streaming is just as good of a place to make money as a physical theater and that might drastically change the film landscape if that's what's happening but i'm I'm, not sure if it is
0: i mean i think we're already kind of in the middle of a transition into the i guess the streaming era of of the movie industry like look at netflix they went from a like red box kind of service to an on-demand thing and now netflix is like a production company that's consistently putting out oscar-nominated movies like the irishman marriage story roma like I, I think we're I think we're starting to enter the era where we're gonna see more and more critically acclaimed, like big 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 budget movies making their debut on streaming platforms.
3: Oh, I completely agree. Uh the movies you did mention though, Roma and uh and marriage story aren't huge budget movies. Like those are fairly you can make those uh without the money that's required for big special effects things.
0: Yeah, big budget might have been the wrong word. I I I just meant like like um you know, critically acclaimed movies, yeah, big, big for movies, right. for Not sure. I
3: agree with you that things like *Irishman* and *Bright* were were major, big budget movies that they put on there. But you're you're right. We'll see bigger budget movies come in, and I hope *Onward* prove that to them. But go yeah, ahead. Sorry, Holly. Hallie. Yeah, go ahead.
2: Oh yeah, I was just gonna say, like, I still think the sentiment to going out to a movie is still gonna exist because my mother also had like the same idea. Like, what if movie theaters just don't exist anymore? And I was like, I still think people still want to go out and experience it, and you know, sit in movie mm-hmm. theater, get out of the house. Yeah. I don't think we'll go yeah, solely I... to streaming, or that like big budget movies like Star Wars and franchises will just go no, onto streaming. No but yeah.
0: Yeah, I think that's 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 a tr- a good point. I mean, we'll see
3: how this whole Corona thing is going to affect movies because now we can. Or now we might have to integrate a little politics in. I mean, not like you know American politics spe- specifically, but like how is Corona going to treat movie theaters? Will they mm-hmm. even have enough money to go after uh, after this whole thing's over? Because we had yeah, to reopen. We don't have a set mm-hmm. date yet. Like at the time of recording this, uh, at least for the area that we're in, uh, the quarantine is until the middle of May. So that's another full on month for theaters to. Not have any customers essentially.
1: Yeah, I just try right. to stay.
3: So hopefully we get to see very creative solutions to 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 business problems. My dad's been showing me consistently some really really funny ones that are happening. Uh, two that spring to mind immediately is uh, did anyone see SNL? Uh, yes. Isn't it good?
2: That was yeah. I was I was very interested saw, in that. Yeah, like, I wonder... like
0: Saturday Night Live. Yeah, uh, yeah they...
2: they did, like, a independently, like, Zoom-called version of Saturday Night Live. Really?
3: Oh, huh. it was yeah. better than the actual show.
2: Wow.
1: Good uh, them.
3: Yeah, but Hallie, what do you think of all the sketches? Do you think that Saturday Night Live has found, like, its new right-after-Trump-got-elected thing? Like, are they back in a groove, you think?
2: I don't know. I mean, a lot of the jokes they made, I felt like, you know, like... Oh, you can only make that joke once. Like they couldn't go next week and make, you know, a zoom call skit or they couldn't go back next week and do like another coronavirus skit. So I like. I think I think the new format was cool. It gave the actors, I feel like, a lot more independence to write their own skits and do their own thing mm. and experiment, which is interesting to see more of like their interpretations of making a skit. Um but yeah, I'm just curious of what next weekend's gonna look like and how they're gonna keep moving. You know the stories along and keep producing things because then again they're all filming in their homes so like what's what's the most they can do inside your home you know mm-hmm. story like wise skit wise so i'm I'm interested i really liked it though i thought it was entertaining you know because i'm like there's so much going on you know like tiger king politics all like <laughs> big old <laughs> chunks for snl to like put their hands in and dig stuff out but yeah yeah, yeah. i like true. that they, they they're trying you know to still keep things going and you know, do comedy.
1: Mm-hmm. So, I uh,
3: I appreciate a whole bunch, and then very quickly, I just want to say the other fantastic yeah. new business solution that's happening. I saw this on the morning news one day, but I think this is in Atlanta or something. But there's a, a strip club recently that shut down because obviously you can't do that during coronavirus. But to keep its its <laughs> its employees employed, they're doing an Uber service.
0: With, oh, gosh.
3: With Mr.
1: Charlie.
3: <laughs> yeah, this is
0: a PG podcast. It's, yeah, PG it's the funniest podcast, by the way. thing ever. I just think we... Uh, I thought
1: this was going to go into OnlyFans-type hold, on, hold, hold on,
0: hold on. This is a PG oh show. Let's rein it back I'm in. I'm
3: trying to talk about American ingenuity here, James. Reel really it back in here, man. <laughs> oh We're a family
0: gosh. show. We're talking this was on uh, the morning
3: news. I don't know what you want.
1: I
0: don't <laughs> know All right, what you want. Yeah, let's move back into Onward here a little bit.
2: Onward. I'm getting
0: ostracized for saying something that was on the news. I can't Yeah, a little bit. So yeah let's get into the analysis, guys. We haven't done some good, hard analysis in a while. And I want to talk to you guys about a movie screenplay writing technique that I thought onward did really great. This is our Ooh. our nugget of knowledge for the audience for the day.
1: Oh, yeah. right?
0: you guys remember when we were like an academic show and we talked about like color theory and stuff?
1: Yes, yeah yes. And then, La La we, wow. then
0: we became stupid. I'm gonna bring us back <laughs> we got more <laughs> people, we're stupid. and we got more dumb, all right. I think this movie, let me tell you guys about Chekhov's Gun. We all know what Chekhov's Gun is, right? Yes. Screenplay f- lesson for the audience at home. Chekhov's Gun is a is a, a film writing technique where you are supposed to, anything you introduce to your audience, you are supposed to bring back in a meaningful way. And it comes from the, the example of the gun is, um, it's used in the context of a book, but it's the same in a movie. And it's that if you have a gun hanging on your wall in the first chapter, someone better get shot by the third chapter is, is I think, the, is the gist of it. Um, right, yeah. <laughs> but I think this movie, like, just about every single little thing that they threw into this movie came back somehow in the end. Like, mm-hmm. um, yeah. like the dragon mascot on the high school that, that yeah, um,
1: that was the kids helpful. go to.
0: Yeah, and then it comes back and it becomes the face of the dragon that they're fighting at the end of the movie, or like the, um, Go, sorry, go ahead.
2: Oh, no, I was gonna say, I felt like that was like a foreshadow too, like a cool way to foreshadow because they kept like going to a shot of the dragon on the side of the school, and like, right, he, yeah, the writer was like, oh, there's gonna be a dragon, you know, like there's something important, yeah, yeah, like, and that's
0: exactly the spirit of uh, of of Chekhov's gun, totally, yeah. Um, or like the the fairies, do you get, like with the the whole wings thing, and then they came back later, and the mom to the manticore was like, oh, why don't we just fly there? like every mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. there were
0: so many sort of like also in frozen 2 you know the whole water has memory thing oh, that they tried yeah. so hard to shoehorn back in oh yeah it was there was i felt like there were a lot of lines like that in this movie but they worked like lines that they brought back later in the movie but but it it actually held some weight because they didn't try and slam it in your face so much this time mm-hmm.
1: yeah mm-hmm.
0: i feel like onwards a lot smarter of a movie than so i say frozen 2 was you know. No hate to Frozen 2.
1: <laughs>
3: I can't speak to how good Frozen 2 was because I still haven't seen it yet. It's um, oh on
1: Disney+. Plus. It's I. I, yeah. I,
3: excuse me, this was an Onward episode, not a Frozen oh 2 God. episode. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Uh, no, but Into the Unknown, banger song. Not my point. Period. My point yeah. is, I think that Onward, as you said, James, incredibly smart writing and i think that one of their biggest strengths was handling both tom holland and chris pratt really well because the thing is with those actors you have to ride the line between them being goofy and 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 them being serious very finely because chris yeah. pratt can go like as goofy as you need him to go right mm-hmm. and that was something from the trailers i thought was going to happen i thought he, he was just going to be like blah, 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 the entire time yeah yeah And and I love Chris Pratt, and I was really hoping that didn't happen, and it didn't. They made every single character feel like they had a complex sort of way that they dealt with the central plot point, that being the father is half a father. Yeah, Uh, And and everyone seemed to have a relationship with him that that defined who they were in some case. And the way that they changed that with the twist at the end, it wasn't only a plot-based twist, it was a thematic twist because now instead of the father being the one that imprints uh, his own personality on everyone you get to see that no that there doesn't have to be a father figure to do that there there will always be someone that you could look up to and have that happen to you
0: right mm. yeah i think barley barley lightfoot right that's chris pratt's character yeah i, I think he was honestly i think he might have been one of the most interesting characters to me in this movie just because you were saying mm-hmm. like he, he's such a complete subversion of expectations he's so multi dimensional like you don't always have a a goofy comic relief character who's as self-aware as as he is and not self-aware in the cheeky fourth wall break way but self-aware in like the no one takes me seriously kind of way and it's such a it was such a powerful like dynamic that they played with him and and and, but what i think was really interesting and i'm surprised they didn't go for this aspect with barley was um i really honestly so so barley lightfoot is a character who um he's super into like D &D and that sort of thing and very into magic and so when his little brother ian tom holland has magic powers i really thought they were gonna play the angle where barley is like jealous of of ian's powers and stuff oh yeah me
2: too but
0: they didn't go that way at all it just shows that like wow he's just a really caring like good natured person you know he's Mm -hmm. just he's not jealous or he doesn't try to like usurp it he's just generally happy for his little brother and wants to share his passion and, and help him learn and it was such a i don't know if i like i don't think one way would have been better than the other but i just think it would have been a very easy route to make it to make the sort of the emotional tension be like oh barley's jealous that it's not him like he's supposed to be the older brother but they just they completely they didn't take the low-hanging fruit you know I, and i appreciate right.
1: that hmm
0: Oh, for sure. I mean, like
3: I I honestly think uh the movie would have been way worse if they had Bartley take the low hanging right there. The the plot choices that they made throughout the entirety of the movie kept it so fresh. And I think that's one of the reasons why uh my expectations were subverted when it came to just if the movie was gonna be good or not. Because I came in thinking, oh, they're gonna make some dumb thing about, you know, the state of society using the fairy tale thing, and they're gonna focus way too much on the world instead of focusing on the characters and they did the exact opposite of that and yeah. i i honestly think that's the best way to world build is have your characters live in the world and have people who are watching the movie feel the world through those characters because when he went to the to like the the fast food store i didn't question it for a second i wasn't like oh this is a dumb mcdonald's off. You know, I, I was like, yeah, no, this all makes sense. You know, this feels like something that would happen. And the fact that they have like ancient monuments that are being desecrated or, or you know, uh, torn down to, to make space for a parking lot, completely a, a thing that isn't really expanded on all too much. And I'm completely fine with that because yeah. I understand the whole moral situation there. I mean, we live in a in a country where, you know, the Confederate statue debate is still raging on right yeah so you don't need to go and explain to me the societal issues with that and i think they're very self-aware like you said of the viewer and what the viewer knows and they make their viewer feel like they're smart because they're not going to pull the low-hanging fruit they're going to have you think about the story and be surprised by it
0: yeah i think it's definitely a lot of movies kind of get carried away with trying to shove the society world messages in your face almost like 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 zootopia a little bit started to de- started started to- started yeah 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 sorry sort of like i'm speaking in the pixar realm stuff like zootopia started to teeter a little bit into that kind of you know Mm -hmm. like oh it's a meta it's all a big metaphor for like race and stuff and it's like yeah like it's an important issue but we're all by this point we're all aware of that like we've we've heard that message um -hmm. so much i think it's I, i think it's nice that onward like Recognize it respects the audience enough to know that we don't need that message shoved in our face, they can kind of leave that yeah. implicitly. Mm-hmm. Um,
2: yes, and, and it focuses audience, on the
0: characters. Go ahead, Hallie.
2: Oh, yeah, I was gonna make a point. Uh, that speaking of audience, I feel like what made this movie different from a lot of other Pixar movies is that it focused more on like a teenage based audience than like a little kid audience. Like, I feel like it, it appealed mm. more to our generation than it would to like a 10 year old or like. Um, oh no, yeah. Huh. You, even even you, even you have the main character, you know, like freaking out about his driving test. And I was like, oh my gosh, I can't relate to that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I feel like it was really based towards like you know, our feelings, like you know, to like where a lot of teenagers could be in their lives, and you know, like the relationships you have with your siblings, and you know, your your challenges you faced in school, and you know, like life. And you know, I feel like it's yeah. kind of based around that a lot more it, than other it's traditional a, it, Pixar movies
0: we finally got a proper Pixar coming of age story for the, for the modern teen generation. I I appreciate that. We love coming of age. Best trope ever. Best, best genre.
3: You know, that's a great point that you made because I mean, what, what's the last teenage coming of age movie that, that Pixar put out or Disney
0: in general, honestly.
3: Yeah. Disney Mm -hmm. in general. It's always been either you're a little kid and you're dealing with something or you're a young adult and you're dealing with something. Mm
1: -hmm. And, Hmm. I mean, I feel like they try. What about Inside Out?
3: Young kid going. Into oh, that's like yeah. that's like preteen, that's maybe.
1: School, huh? yeah. Oh, it's middle school. Dang.
3: Never I right. mean, that's that's, that's preteen.
2: It's yeah, yeah. I feel that's our
3: tween movie. We're above that movie.
1: <laughs> yeah, We're above that
3: now. But like, even when I was a tween, I didn't really connect with that movie. Like yeah. with Onward, I don't know what it was, but I just sort of naturally connected with it and really felt the 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 brotherhood in between uh the characters and I don't know how they did it. I, I don't know what emotional tricks they pulled. I mean, you know, the guys at Pixar that's their best thing. That's their trade secret. They're not gonna reveal how they do it. But yeah. It's just the they put so much care and effort and every single shot in that film was like packed with detail.
1: Oh, oh yes.
3: Like look in the backgrounds. They care about this world man. Like they put their hearts and souls into it. And you know maybe they overwork mm-hmm. their their animators just a little just a lot a bit really. <laughs> <laughs> and, But uh, one thing I wanted to bring up, and I want you guys to talk about because I've been uh, blabbering on a whole bunch, is Dan Scanlon is the name of the director of this uh, Fantabulous movie. Who wants to guess what his earlier uh, Pixar movie was? He's directed one other one. And, and then I want to talk about why we think he did so much better in onward than this other one is it is it
0: a bad pixar movie is it considered one of the less good ones yes it's considered one of the less good ones if it's good if it's good dinosaur dude if it's good dinosaur (laughs)
3: not good dinosaur no
1: not cars
3: 2 not cars 2 (laughs) Uh, hallie what's your guess oh
2: gosh i don't know um recently i mean movie oh recently came out fairly recently i have a guess
0: i have a guess. Yeah. Is it Wreck-It Ralph 2, Ralph Breaks the Internet? No. Okay.
2: <laughs> that movie slapped, James.
0: I don't know. I heard uh, a lot of people really didn't
3: like
1: it.
2: it
3: I thought uh, Ralph was a Disney and not Pixar. Oh, I don't know.
1: Is okay. it really? Finding Dory? Okay.
3: No. Finding Dory was awesome. Screw
0: you. Uh, I'm just saying.
3: Monsters University.
0: Was oh. Lying. Objected. So he's, Which, just, he's just all about the youth, man.
3: He's about yeah. the youth, bro. I'm trying to connect, man. Wow.
0: Well, I, I also, I did see in some behind-the-scenes footage that Onward was heavily based on his own personal experience as a child dealing with his father who passed away. So maybe that's why this movie worked so much better is because it was sort of coming from, like, directly from the heart, you know? Did he also
3: try to reanimate his father and only got halfway through? <laughs> maybe. Maybe. I
0: this. You know, I was thinking this is really just like pixar's version of full metal alchemist now that i think about it, totally oh my god you're so right by Uh, the way little that's our that's my anime recommendation full metal alchemist brotherhood on netflix yeah don't do the other ones Brotherhood. oh gosh it slaps i'd love to do an episode on that let me tell you but uh,
1: yes i'll watch it we'll do
0: it but yeah um I wanted to talk about, I think probably the biggest draw of this movie is the climax and the the twist, quote-unquote, and the decision that ultimately winds up happening, because I think what this movie also does really well is it doesn't go for... Pixar and Disney movies have been falling into the trap recently, and a lot of people have pointed this out, the whole, we have to make a twist villain, right, in every single Pixar movie, or Disney movie, from Hans to the bunny lady, or the sheep lady from Zootopia to the... You know, there's always a twist villain. Like, the, wasn't right. the octopus in Finding Dory a twist villain at the end? Was what? he? No? Am no, I imagining that? I
1: don't think there
3: was... Yeah. Wasn't like... the octopus Bill Murray?
0: Yeah. Lotso.
1: Oh, Lotso, oh, yeah. yeah. Lotso
3: like, Lotso sort of crappy. Lotso
1: messed me up. Stuff man. like that, it's where these, these, random,
0: <laughs> these random twists that are just kind of getting, like, shoehorned into every Pixar movie. And it's like, we didn't... It's starting to wear thin and people are starting to realize that. And Onward didn't have a twist villain, which was really nice. Instead, it's a, it it went for a very, I think, kind of bold choice that you didn't really see coming, where it was like so the whole the whole goal of the movie is for these two brothers to find a way to bring their dad back in the flush, in the full flesh, so mm-hmm. that they can all that they can get a chance to see him, but you know, due to circumstances and a big stone dragon. um it it's it looks like only one of the brothers is going to be able to see the dad while the other one has to hold him off and so ian makes the the final the death and resurrection decision he's like you know what barley you've you've met dad you need to say goodbye you go see him i'll stay and fight the dragon and that's just such a mature like so good choice to make and it's it's like the epitome of 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 Gosh, just like the the, the self sacrifice and the and and all that, it was so beautiful. That was one of my favorite ways they could have possibly ended a movie. And
3: me. and the fact that it happened, uh, and they didn't go back on it. Right. Disney movies are starting to get to the point where every single twist they have, they go back on it. And, mm. and it's like, oh, Anna dies. J.K. She's alive. Elsa saved her. You know. Right.
2: Yeah, true, true hug yeah.
3: thing. Oh, Kylo dies. No, he's alive. Oh, Chewbacca dies. Oh, no, he's alive. Oh, Ray dies. No, he's alive. Yeah, <laughs> uh, sorry. Just, whew. Yeah. God, and I feel oh, you, man. I see yeah, you. On yeah, that Rise one. of Skywalker, yeah. man. But in this movie, the,
0: uh, they're like, oh, he's not going to see his father, and then nothing, and, then really and then he doesn't it? see his it's father, like, yeah, it and it's like, the, it. but yes. the beauty in that is that it it doesn't, it doesn't invalidate it at all. It's like, yeah, he doesn't see his father, but that's like the right thing to do, and that's yeah. how he grows. It's just right. So- and it's kind of a bizarre, like, it's such a crazy moral to think about, like, the whole idea that it's it's more painful for, like, it it's more painful to lose someone too soon, like Barley did, than, like, to never have known them at all. Because right? Ian... That's crazy, yeah. Ian never met his dad, while well, Barley did, like, meet his dad, but oh, he yeah. was sort of torn away from him, and it's this emphasis sort of like a weird play on the whole better to have loved and lost than never to have loved at all kind of thing. It's like Ian only had the concept of his dad, right? Like he never Mm. had those actual attachments, but Barley did. And the fact that the movie recognizes and said like, like getting a proper goodbye is more important than getting a hello, which is such a crazy profound thing to think about. Uh,
1: yeah,
0: and I feel like it's not an option you see very much because normally it's like, that. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I it's it, it kind of floored me as an ending. I just feel like it's an aspect you don't see played very often.
3: Yeah, Casey Hallie, uh, what do you guys think about the ending?
1: Uh, I thought yeah. it was...
3: oh. <laughs> go, go ahead.
1: No, you fight. Can, you can fight.
2: go. You can go. <laughs> Are you sure? Are you sure? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I thought it was pretty powerful. I don't know why I had the urge to cry in the movie theaters. Um, but I think but, just like, you know, the, like you were saying, James, the self-sacrifice and the fact that they like, they like stayed on it. Like he was trapped, like they trapped him in boulders and they had them peeking through the light and seeing, yeah. you know, him talk to his dad, Like they really rested on it. And, and they're like, we're going to, we're not going to just have this like fly by, like, it's, like gonna sink it in. So I thought it was mm-hmm. great. I thought it was really great.
3: That's awesome. And then Casey
1: yeah i will i'll piggyback off of what james is saying about how profound it is to kind of just leave it and have him not see him see his dad and have that be okay because the whole like having a coming of age story for me i feel like it's very like rare to see one that has a lot of rough edges nowadays um and i feel like it which isn't fair because when you're coming of age like everything it's rough all over so i feel like it's good to have a movie that has like something this powerful and something this raw and just be like yeah he didn't get to see his dad but he got something better that he got to recognize that he didn't need To have the one thing that he was chasing because the thing that he wanted was always like next him the entire time and i know that i know that was like a trope you know uh maybe like a few years ago but it's uh rarely seen now where you have like the oh i'm chasing something oh wait it's been in front of my face this entire time so Mm -hmm. i feel like it's very interesting um that we got to see that not only with a pair of brothers because we usually find it in more like um like Like romances i think yeah yeah Mm -hmm. more like romances where it's like you're chasing whatever like the developer when really it was your best friend yeah the girl
0: next door trope kind of thing
1: yeah and so it's very it breaks down a lot of like the established relationships You know, like, how you can view a brotherly relationship and how you view, like, a relationship with a brother that um, did raise his little brother, as we see in, like, that montage where he's teaching him how to ride the bike. He's teaching him how to not be afraid. And I just felt like that was a really, really good montage. Mm
0: -hmm, Definitely. I think... It, it it's just it's a movie that that isn't afraid to have like a real take on 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 coming of age like it you have to sacrifice a lot of stuff sometimes to be the bigger person and sort of grow into you know whatever not to be you know a man or a woman or whatever into into a into your you know you've come of age like it, you have to sacrifice a lot and and this movie doesn't shy away from that um and I think that's like one of the greatest morals or virtues you can teach in a movie is is like the just the idea of of someone in such a selfless act, right, of giving up what you want the most for someone else. It's it's such a traditional moral to me that will never get old. Um, but I think it's also interesting now that I'm thinking about it that the movie doesn't the fact that barley you know what if we're if we're saying that ian took the the moral high road by letting barley see the dad the movie doesn't chastise barley for taking the low road right it no like barley got to see his dad because that's what he needed and the movie doesn't make you think that that's like a bad action it doesn't make barley seem like less of a man or anything it it's sort of while on one end it's validating self-sacrifice it's validating just as much that it's important to you know get what you need emotionally and and tie off loose ends um so i think it handles both of those things at once very well
3: yeah i mean i think that probably even through through barley's actions it's it's more importantly than than uh, validating self-sacrifice it's invalidating a selfish self-sacrifice which is you're self-sacrificing for no reason and it doesn't bring a positive good to anyone like if barley said no i'm not going to see my father because you won't either then it's like well there's no point in in, in doing that i mean right like, like everything said like
0: just go ahead bro like hero so, syndrome like the like the whole thing exactly. with uh what's it the closest example i can kind of think of is No, that's not a good example. I was going to bring up the Hawkeye and Scarlet or Black Widow thing in in Endgame, where it's like that super drawn-out, like, wrestle match over who's going to sacrifice themselves. That's sort of, I guess, the feeling I get.
3: Yeah, yeah, like, unnecessary sacrifice. I think that in in that example, the sacrifice was necessary and the right person was killed, but... Uh, definitely. It's just another example of the movie being super smart about not being obvious. Because the mm-hmm. obvious thing to do, in the way that you know a first-time writer would go at it, is probably like, oh, and then they both go away from it because that means that you know they've both matured and grown. And it's like, no, maturing doesn't have to do with denying yourself like emotional fulfillment. Like, yeah. right? It being shows- mature is acknowledging that to to be a whole person you need to indulge your emotions and you need to feed them like you would anything else like your soul is just as as much a part of your body as your body is
0: it it does kind of both aspects of it well and shows that like hey these are both options that like these are both things that are just as neither one is less noble than the other right they're both i think that's man onward Onward really, really hitting it, but I I mm-hmm. I'd hate to break it to us that we're running out of time here pretty quickly, um, so we're gonna have to wrap things up here. But uh, okay, one thing I just want to say one thing.
3: Right. Uh, the the character I feel the worst for in the entire movie is the dad because he legit can't hear anyone. He is stumbling around the entire film, black void of pain and torture, and I don't <laughs> think that they treated it like that. This man is blind and deaf, and his only sensation is stumbling into his son like it's painful to watch it's some I, I don't know that it, <laughs> i get you. they
0: could they could have taken a macabre route with that for sure but uh yeah well i i guess without you know with that note um this has been another episode of socratic cinema v- brought to you virtually this time sure. was, i think it went pretty well
3: yeah let's hope the audio yeah. sounds good
0: yeah i hope so gosh but um <laughs> Yeah, thank you so much for listening. I hope you guys are all staying safe during this quarantine. We wish you the best of luck and have good times and watch lots of movies. Watch more of our podcasts. Listen to more of us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, Anchor, iHeartRadio, and anywhere you find good podcasts. Uh, You know, like, comment, share, tell your friends. People are looking for stuff to listen to. You should spread the word about us. Um, But, uh... Yeah, with that, go watch Onward, tell us what you think, and uh, we've been Socratic Cinema.